Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us. Hope that you've got the air conditioning on. I know across the world there are a lot of hot places at the moment. I even just heard that somewhere is about to go to 52 degrees and we're not talking about a desert. We're talking about a sort of country where people need to work and, and stuff. So today we are going to be having a fantastic conversation um, about CRM systems, particularly Salesforce. And I'm going to tell you more about that. But there isn't a business person from a person who's just one person on their own through to enterprise that can ignore the importance of this as part of their integral business um, processes. So stay tuned because I'm going to introduce our guests in a minute. But first of all, I want to give some context to uh, this podcast. So Thomas and I, you see here, Thomas Parr and I, for um, well, about 30 years, uh, in Thomas's case, I've been uh, connecting deeply with uh, business owners. And then obviously in 1998, some of you will know, we created Academy, and that's where we built a community of business owners across the world. And what has become incredibly important to us is to find within our network who are the best experts, who have very relevant expertise, who have incredible values around business, and introduce them to our network. Because one of the things that we know in business that is very tough is finding the right suppliers when you have a need. And you can spend just as long trying to find a good supplier as it can be to find a good client. And of course, both of them are equally as important. So today, we hope we're going to be introducing you to Dylan Gray. Hi, Dylan. Good morning. Lovely to see you. And Dylan is going to be introducing you to Elizabeth Wilhibbitz, who's his guest. Um, so Dylan um, has 20 years experience of Salesforce as a super business. I'm going to ask Dylan to tell you more about it. Done over 100 implementations of Salesforce. Wow. And his goal today is to um, take everybody on a journey, basically. So it's going to be a conversation, but also a really useful course, <laughs> a very mini course on a simple and effective way to map out your end-to-end -end business process and implement it in salesforce.com. Now, I think it's brilliant because last night, Dylan, I was coaching actually one of the BIPPers, one of our BIP100 members, and um, telling her how important it is that she has a CRM system. And she hadn't even heard of what a CRM system was. Wow. Immediately said, my goodness, you're lucky Dylan Gray is in our community. Um, so... To begin with, before we get really into the detail of it, Dylan, tell us a little bit about your 20 years, your career, what, why you got into this, why is this so important to you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it started when I went to university in Edinburgh and um, I bought a computer because uh, I got fed up of writing essays. I wanted to print them. And then when I got the computer, I began to realise that these things are really clever. And I got totally excited about what you could do with this. And I ended up getting a degree in expert systems, which is what they now call artificial intelligence, and in farming. And after I left, uh, I worked in the Microsoft channel selling consulting for five and a half years, product marketing manager with Capgemini, then sales operations, supporting 3,500 salespeople in London for Compaq. And then in June 2000, came to Houston, Texas to support 10,000 salespeople. And then when Compaq got purchased, I then uh, started doing Salesforce. And I've been doing Salesforce now for 20 plus years. 
And the passion that drives it is, I know as uh, both enterprise and SMB business, that it can change the way you run your business dramatically. And I love that. Yeah, and I think we're going to really explore that. And I'm really excited um, that you've brought Elizabeth Will Hibbets in. Tell us a little bit about Elizabeth and why you've introduced her. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I think there's two things. First of all, uh, Elizabeth is a customer um, and that's how I met her. And even though she's changed companies, she's still a customer, which I love. So uh, hurrah, <laughs> Elizabeth. Um, what, I, what I most enjoy about Elizabeth is that she represents uh, a very typical scenario in uh, the mid-market and SMB space. She uh, joined the company, she looked around, it wasn't very organized, and she needed help. And she reached out for help with Salesforce. And then over the last few years, we've worked together and you know, she'll tell her story. But that's why she's here. She represents what a lot of people in this mid-market world have to deal with. Oh, brilliant. So um, just so you know, anybody listening, um, I can be a bit, you know, women like to dominate conversations. So Thomas actually does get a chance to speak. You will be very pleased to know that. You will. I'm just setting it all up here, and then Thomas will probably do the majority of the answer, asking of questions. Elizabeth, can I just ask you, um, this is obviously important to you, with, him, with, with Dylan, previous customer, you've come over to, tell us a little bit about your relationship with CRM and why it's important to you. Sure, no problem. So um, I joined um, Ebisite, the company, um, about three and a half years ago and came in as their marketing and head of operations. And when I came on board, everything, our CRM that we were using, nobody was using it. Um, we had no SEO. We were not getting leads. Um, we had a sales department that basically was kind of, you know, you did your thing and I'll do mine and we're not going to have a cohesive atmosphere. Right. And so um, definitely saw that there needed to be some organization, first of all, there, because things were just all out of whack as far as forecasting and um, meeting targets and making sure we had, you know, um, account summaries and like all of our accounts were organized. And I, you know, what I said to my, what I said to my, my team was, Hey, look, you know, if something happens, I need to be able to get on. I need to be able to look on the system, see exactly what's going on with each of the accounts. Um, so that if you're not there for some reason, somebody can take over. Right. So it's just a full organizational tool that allows um, you to basically run a more organized, well-efficient company. So I started off uh, doing that. Dylan came on board to help train how did, how did you find how did you find dylan elizabeth i found i found dylan on linkedin of all things oh well. oh you googled for a crm special well it was really it was actually really interesting because um we had we had purchased salesforce and i spoke to salesforce and they were like you know we can come in and train your your people and i said you know let me see if there's somebody local and so i got on linkedin and um, a pop Dylan Gray consulting and not only that but the marketing firm we had been using um, they he had worked with them and then I had a mutual business colleague that um, was friends with him on LinkedIn and I thought oh my goodness 
what a small world. So that's kind of how I came about uh, reaching out to Dylan and, and then Dylan coming in and helping us. Fantastic, fantastic. And what was that, what was that process like? Because it, it's, it sounds like the company you joined, EvoSite, was in a, in a bit of a, a muddle. Yes. How did you um, how did you go from from muddled to 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 Dilland or unmuddled? I mean, and this isn't a I mean this isn't a lie. I mean, like Dylan really came on board. I, I the first part I did was when I joined the organization is I I did hire a marketing firm to try and kind of help generate more leads and so forth. We really did a uh, we did a full on survey of our customers to kind of see what we were we were and weren't providing. And from there, then changed our CRM system to Salesforce. I then reached out to Dylan. From there, Dylan came on board to, you know, I remember him coming in one day with his, his little hat cap and his vest, and he came in to say, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna implement uh, Salesforce." And what ended up happening is it completely built a relationship, and it went from being. Dylan doing a little bit of training to Dylan basically taking a complete look at our business model, the way our company was run, and from there, really kind of walking us through getting our company in a more profitable, organized, uh, like I mentioned before, cohesive atmosphere place. Um, he was able wow. to see a lot of things that were wrong with the company um, and, and, and not only point those out, but then help us get to where we needed to be. It's and, so interesting, isn't it? Because obviously your company was already succeeding. It was, and it just shows what the how this supercharges things, Dylan. Is that what you you experience with companies? There's, there's a big shift in them when they when they suddenly realise the possibilities. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's it's very common that people who've been running a business for 20, 30 years, you know, they've done it that way, they've grown, but they probably have never stepped back and said, ah. Okay, well, let's just take a fresh set of eyes and look at how we can streamline and accelerate this. And then when that happens, which is part of what I can bring, is they get seriously excited because now they've got all the information they didn't have looking into the future. You know, what are my revenues going to be? You know, what products do I need to order? Which of my teams are performing? Which contracts are overdue? I mean, so, yeah, it is. It's a supercharge. And how long that process from Elizabeth, where you first you first engaged with Dylan, you first found Dylan on LinkedIn, to being a happy bunny, it's all smooth and, and running and you love the whole system. How long was that journey? Hmm. I'd say, uh, you know, I'd say, I mean, within, I mean, he was, he was, he was spot on. So, I mean, I, in the first month, I started to see a lot of changes. I would say over the course of six months, we took the business apart and were able to wow, implement that's systems. So that's very system. fast. Yeah. And Dylan, sure. did you feel like you were, you were treading on eggshells because you were trying to redefine or improve an existing successful business? Not in the slightest. I mean, the, First of all, my relationship with Elizabeth is straightforward. You know, she, she was coming in with fresh eyes, so she was looking at it going, what do you see? Uh, so that enabled me the freedom to have conversation. 
and then the owner likewise you know i mean it's, it's straightforward text and no pulls no punches pulled you know it's like what are you trying to do or what about this what about that because that worked in the past i think this smells what should we do it was very very easy and open and in that respect it's like a lot of bippers you know good people uh no barriers and they're there to learn or help and that that makes it easy absolutely brilliant as well so we put, we've said at the top of the show, come on a journey through a simple but effective way to map out your end-to-end -end business process and implement it in Salesforce. And at the end of that, when you've done that, you'll have one view of a customer and your team have the information they need when they need it. Right, unpack that. Let's start unpacking that, Dylan, because that's the lovely, lovely paragraph. That's the marketing buzzwords. Let's have let's, the real truth. Yeah, let's unpack that, what that means. So let's start this journey. Do we think it'd be appropriate to um, just help those who are not familiar with CRM yeah. and for me to just pop up a slide and talk through what we're talking about? You can. The only thing is a lot of people will be listening to this while they're cooking or walking their dog or driving their car. Uh -huh. So Got you're it. going to have to be very descriptive. Okay. Well, I can definitely be descriptive. So let's just talk about what is Salesforce and why does it matter? Um, and the short version is that if you're running a business, you, all businesses, have a strategy. And the strategy is what do we sell, who do we sell it to, how do we sell it to, and why should they buy, and what is the process or the sequence that we go through. So. You have to understand what is the strategy. Well, that's great. All businesses have strategy. They've already got it, have a good or bad. The second thing is, okay, well, how do I turn that strategy into action that my team can do so that we execute against the strategy? Well, that's where it all falls apart. Because if you have, you know, Gmail, Outlook, you know, OneDrive, you know, Dropbox, I mean, all your data is all over the place. So if somebody phones up and says, hi, this is Mr. Smith from ABC Welding, uh, great. Where do, I, where do I look that up? Do I, are they a prospect? Are they a customer? You know, have they got an issue in with the service department? I, can't, I, I don't know. So a CRM gives you a single place to go on the web page, and you just simply you pick up the phone, Hello, Mr. Smith. You search Mr. Smith. You see he's with ABC Welding. You go, oh, yes, they bought $15,000 worth of widgets. It's due to be delivered on Thursday. And I can see from the call log that Andrew last spoke to them and gave them the FedEx number. So I can then say, hey, Mr. Smith, yes, ABC Welding, your delivery is due on Thursday. Uh, I believe Andrew's told them, Mary, the FedEx number is 2157. How can I help? holy cow, that customer is going to be blown away. So comforted, so comforted. Oh. So, so this is about reassurance, Dylan. It's about performance. Yeah. And um, if you give that experience to your customer, whether they're a prospect and they call in and you respond to them and you know who they are and what they need and who said what, you're starting to build trust because you can deliver on your promises. The next piece is not customer facing. 
and that is the things that Elizabeth needs. Okay, our target this year for revenues is blah, and so far we're in month six. Have we sold 50% of blah, or are we behind, or are we ahead? Why did we lose this deal? Why did we win this deal? So it's the analytics. Which salesperson hasn't made any phone calls in the last 30 days? So it's internal information that allows you as a manager to manage by exception rather than have to look at everything. And then the last part is about scaling. And if you have a common process and a common tool that people can use to follow the process to do their job, you can onboard people into new roles faster, or you can onboard people new to the company faster, and yet still execute against your strategy. And that, those three things are the three biggest reasons why every company needs a CRM of some sort. So that's uh, CRM, and CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management System. Now, then you have the question, well, there are lots out there, probably hundreds, and probably five that you would seriously consider using. So why is it that I, for 20 years, have chosen Salesforce as my CRM of choice? And the answer is, I know I can deliver on my promises to my customers, like Elizabeth, with that product. And it is the 800-pound gorilla in the marketplace. It can run and does run global operations like Shell. I did six projects for Shell. It is hugely powerful. Uh, but it also has a small business uh, package, which for two people onwards, for $25 a month a user, you can get a basic CRM that will get you going. Yeah, phenomenal. So, Elizabeth, when, when Dylan took us through those three steps, those three parts of CRM, are you, did you get through all of those three steps in those six months? Well. Isn't there a sort of an absorption time where people have to kind of get used to something, get used to the platform, learn learn the idiosyncrasy i mean that's why we so like i had mentioned we had a crm system people were not utilizing it it wasn't user-friendly i think that's the thing about salesforce it's extremely user-friendly mm -hmm. um and not only that you know it was one of those things where i would say hey dylan okay i would really like a report that <laughs> i can look up that shows me you know customer by state you know, by representative, um, by what they're, you know, what year they first purchased, what their total, you know, revenue was. I mean, I could ask Dylan for anything and he was able to basically say, okay, let's create a report for that. And those reports were all available so that it was just a click away. I mean, so it's a very user-friendly product. And so, yes, it was definitely as far as when he came on board, that was what it was about for two to three months was complete training, training our, um, our staff to how to proper our sales team to 
how to properly use it. How do you, you know, pull a report? Um, how do you, um, you know, enter information, everything. I, I think that was the thing that I liked um, was that Dylan, um, me, there was no stupid questions. You know what I mean? It was like, everybody starts at a different level. Um, and um, so it was, it was, he was very, very thorough and very helpful as far as getting everybody where they needed to be um, when it came to um, learning Salesforce in the system. So I would say the first three months was basically taking us through um, the basics of the system, as well as at the same time, kind of looking over here at what are some other things that Evasite needs that, uh, that, that aren't being, you know, that they don't necessarily see. He was able to really point out a lot of things that, you know, cause like he, he was saying, like, if you're a new customer, right? You've been in a business for 20 years, okay? Somebody new comes in, they have a fresh eyes, right? He was able to see things that we didn't even know we needed. Yeah. So, so is it is it all is success, Dylan? Is it all down to that that first few months of education? No, um, it's uh, it, it's really critical that the uh, business leader, um, you know, whether that's Elizabeth who's heading up sales and marketing, or whether it's the company owner, uh, is engaged. And the reason for that is that, yes, I can map out the process. I can talk to the sales team or the ops team or finance or legal or whoever it is, find out what they want, and I can make that happen. I can put that in place. And it's not until and unless two things happen. One is that the user follows the process using the tool and they then have proved to themselves the tool works. Secondly, they proved to management they know how to do it, which means that if they do not do it, the only reason is they can't be bothered. And that is a management conversation. So you have to have management involved. The second piece is if you get the leadership to set the expectations, which is here are five things, and I like to do three or five, that you are required to do with Salesforce or in your job. And uh, that could be something like log the email from the customer, log the call, plan your activity, make sure that your opportunity forecast is accurate once a week. Those might be the, the five things. That's a condition. If you do that, great. If you don't do that, I'm going to have a management conversation. And the reward, so that's the stick, management conversation, coaching. And the reward is I'm not going to ask you for a sales report. You don't have to fill in a sales report. I'll just pull it out of the system. So you have to have leadership engaged to drive that success. Yeah. Single most important thing. I see that as a, I, I mean, I'm looking back to when I was in sales and marketing when I was in my 20s and I had a team of uh, 300 field sales and, and telesales. We used index cards. And I mean, this would have been absolutely heaven because when someone is not performing, it's very easy to say, well, you're not performing. So, you know, you're out. But sometimes it can be a skills issue, you know, that they're getting loads of 
opportunities to sell, but they're not converting. Or when you can actually look at the analytics of, I suppose, you know, suspect, prospect, customer, even, you know, are, are they putting in the effort and do they have the skills? Um, that's where I think it's very powerful because, as you say, management coaching, not, you know, an autocratic stick, um, is so powerful for a business, especially now when talent is hard to come by. And when you when you get an essence of somebody being any good, you want to nurture that, don't you? And know in what areas. So I, I, I like the analytics bit hugely. I mean, I love the customer reassurance piece, but I do love the analytics bit. I'm really curious if I can move on to the scaling piece as well. Sure. Because I know we've talked about, I don't know whether Thomas, you're right for me to move on to that. Or you, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think we understand customer reassurance. We've talked a little bit about analytics. The scaling piece to me is very interesting um, because a lot of companies end up flatlining, don't they? You know, they just, they don't, they don't get to where they could get to. So in what way does Salesforce help with that? Well, uh, what I typically see is um, that people, first of all, they come in just like Elizabeth and they come in and they say, can you organize my sales? And so that's pretty easy. I mean, it is for me because I've been doing it for a while. Um, but then they go, all right, uh, how do I fill my funnel? How do I get more leads? And so if you want to scale, you need to put more into the top of the funnel. And so then what we do is two things. One is there's all the sort of website optimization and so on. But where Salesforce comes in is that it has a marketing platform. It has two marketing platforms. And the first one is business to business email marketing. And that is a very effective module. It's very intelligent. You can define a customer journey. You know, you can send out a announcement, a webinar, and if they click it, then send them this. And if they don't, send them that. Wait two days and do this. If they make an inquiry, send an alert to sales. So marketing is absolutely the next step because that's what drives your funnel. Salesforce also has uh, a business to consumer marketing module, which we don't deal with. Um, but if you're in the B2C market space, it also does that. Right. So one part of scaling is lead generation, demand generation, and Salesforce does the marketing piece. The other part is uh, about smart targeting. And um, that takes us from the... Uh, operational side, and I'll come back to that in a minute, through to finance. We had uh, an industrial client who had 10 years of data and on the projects they did. And what they did, now they had it all in one place. They could analyze it and slice and dice it so that they could see, oh, these are the projects where we make money. These are the projects where we lose money. What are the commonalities in these winning projects? And how do we then adjust either our proposals, our quotes, our estimates, or our targeting or our messaging to focus on the winners, not the losers? And let's say that you have done that. 
you've not only optimized your profitability, you've increased your demand gen with the marketing. So now you've got a problem. And your problem is how do you scale the onboarding and service delivery to the increased volume of customers? Well, that's where Salesforce can come in again. So onboarding is about who is the customer, who's the ultimate owner, setting them up in the accounts. You know, how do we put them through the hiring process to get them engaged so that we can deliver the service? Then there's the delivery of the service. Well, how do you make sure everybody knows what to do when and in what sequence? And how do you keep the customer informed as they go on that journey? Well, Salesforce does that. Now they're, they want support. Yeah. Customer service. So people can phone in, come in Facebook, LinkedIn, web page, and it creates a ticket. And that ticket can be escalated and routed either with skills or you might have a call center but you can now do customer service. So these ingredients, once you have your baseline, help you accelerate and put more fuel in the rocket. Wow, that is, that's amazing. Can I, so you've talked about three things here. So the business model, the funnel, the project management and the support. And each one of those is really actually very, very fascinating. If we start with the funnel one, you said, Elizabeth, um, quite early on in when you were introducing yourself and Dylan, you mentioned about the business model, that it helps you to look at the business model Does, uh, without putting you on the spot. Um, but I'd love to talk more about that, the business model side of things, because I, I, I don't, don't mention it, but I think it's important to a lot of people in this sort of um, new online world of uh, sort of delivering big online courses and everything everybody seems to have gone towards something like infusionsoft and what you're saying is that you can create this this journey for customers through salesforce which i didn't know you could do that mm -hmm. um so so dylan tell us a little bit about that that the modeling the funneling bit first i'd love to i don't know whether you've got a case study of a client or but tell us a bit more about what's the art of the possible with that. Okay. Well, two things. The defunct CRM system that uh, Elizabeth's prior company had been using that wasn't giving them what they needed was Infusionsoft. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> I promised listeners I was not fed that. <laughs> that sounds like a plant question, Dylan. No, I didn't know that. didn't know that. That's brilliant. <laughs> You didn't know that. Uh, so if you want to drive lead gen, um, there's really three elements. The first is your targeting. So who are you targeting? What, what companies and within those companies, what uh, person or functional role? Are you talking to finance? Are you talking to operations? Are you talking to sales? So you have to know that. The second piece, and this is all part of targeting, is what do they care about? What is their problem that you can solve? Which then means if you're talking to a finance person, it's highly likely they really care about forecast accuracy. So your messaging to your target needs to be correct. And then once you know who you're going to talk to, in which company, about what issue they have and how you solve it, 
Now you have a target. Brilliant. So the next piece is data. Where do I find my list? And so whether that's LinkedIn, and there are some very cool tools that add to Salesforce, like you add apps on your iPhone, you can add apps to Salesforce. And so LinkedIn is a plugin you can get. Not only that, but uh, things like Zoom Info is a global database of companies and people. So I can say, I want all manufacturing companies in the continental United States that have revenues between this and this, two to 20 salespeople, and use the technology, in my case, if they have Salesforce, I want to talk to them. So I can now download you know, 10,000 uh, people. I get the phone number, the email of the CFO. So that was quick. I didn't Google it. That's just so old fashioned and expensive. So now I've got my data. The next piece is what is my customer journey going to be? And, you know, some businesses, it's all about email blasting, webinars. Some people, it's highly specific telephone sales. So we have a prospecting program where we coach telesales people on how to uh, reach out, how to connect with, engage, and then drag over the line their prospects. And so you take the targeting, you take the data, you obviously have the tool, Salesforce, because that's how they manage it, and then you have the coaching piece to drive the behaviors and the performance to fulfill your funnel. That's how you scale lead gen. So in your business, Dylan, you're providing implementation, but that includes sales skills and, 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 and sort of the consultancy around the business model and what, what are you what are you wanting to what do you want the end result to be as a client? You're right, and I'll tell you why. Because this is much more Dylan than CRM. This is a whole yeah. sales and marketing business development service like a, like an advertising yes, agency or a marketing services agency. Well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of just respond to that, which is just because uh, I know how to press buttons on Salesforce, um, that's irrelevant. As a business leader, as, as an Elizabeth or a business owner, you don't give a rip about that. You're trying to run a business. So what do you need? You need help solving your problem. And what... Dylan Gray Consulting does is we will solve your problem. What we won't do is we won't solve your problem with a product that isn't Salesforce because that takes us out of our area of expertise. And the one you believe in the most. Well, I know I can deliver. Yeah. So we've got about 10 minutes left and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. Can Let's I just fire a question there at Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah. Because Elizabeth, you were you were nodding then as I was speaking that that Dylan service is much more than a piece of software called Salesforce. Well, yeah, what I like is that, you know, when we first started this conversation, I kind of alluded to that. And then I felt as he took you through the journey, it then showed that exactly what I started with as explaining, like, it wasn't just about Salesforce, like it started out as Salesforce. And then basically... He, he saw a problem that we had. He helped us find a solution. And that, that was an, a 
multiple areas that Dylan Gray Consulting yes. you know, can assist you with. But as far as the Salesforce piece, that just it for sure made me uh, made me completely think about when we would have like you know when we when we when we opened up the box, if you will, looked in the system and went, oh my goodness, you know we've got a thousand opportunities. We have two million in the pipeline. No one's contacted these people. Where's there's where's the activity log? And then over that time period, as Dylan helped us, which went on past the six months, right? It kept continuing um, because then he became he basically became a consultant for our company and helping us continue to manage yeah. Salesforce. Um, how that just then became so much more organized and the pipeline was much more efficient and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, for sure. Sure. Do you feel like the whole business has been remodeled? Like you might remodel your house? Completely. It's like we basically went back to square one, figured out our fundamentals, and basically came up with a full system that met those needs. Wow. It's very easy for the, your return on investment to be measured, really, isn't it, when it's that, that transformation? Well, that's the thing, too. I, I was talking to Dylan about that. Um, I don't think – I do think – and this isn't just like lip service. I, I fully believe that what Dylan provides is, is um, like you had mentioned, way beyond. So like the price tag, if you will, for the Salesforce, sure, you're paying for that or whatnot, but, but you're getting a lot more than that, if that makes sense. And it makes sense why when Salesforce said we can send a trainer in, why you actually realize it's, it's a lot more than needing a trainer, which is very wise of you when you, you made that decision. Let's move on because we've got, what have we got, about eight minutes left to project management because I want to cover that. that that's, that's really interesting, that element, because you talked about the three areas, the business model, now the project management, and then I'd love us to have time just to quickly look at the support, especially the ones that you can bring in support from many channels. I really found that interesting. So project management, Dylan, how does that work? Well, if you think about it, um, the project can be, either onboarding a new client, or it can be delivering your services. All projects have a start and an end. Yeah. They have milestones, and within those milestones, they have a sequence of tasks that may come one after another, or may be in parallel, or could just be random so long as they're done. So given that that is a pretty simple principle, then the question becomes, how does person A in your business know what they need to do by which date, with which person, at which customer? And so a project management tool, and it's a plug-in for Salesforce, there are several, um, allows you, and we use it internally and increasingly so do our customers. When I close win a deal, it generates a project and notifies the project manager and says, okay, here you are. Mm. Now the project is already built out because we know how to do what we do. We do it all day, every day. So we already have the template with the milestones, with the tasks, with that. the sequence, with how long and with who. So I press the button and instantly everybody on that plan 
gets a notification, okay, you've got these tasks to do for this customer, this person on this project, go. All right, and okay. All I have to do is track it. So I think, that is, I think based on Penny's behavior, you've just taken her to heaven there, Dylan. I've taken her to heaven, but perhaps to hell, because I thought we'd actually had, had already implemented the right thing, but we're using a CRM system, but we're using Trello to project manage. And so, make, uh, so we're using two, and we're, one of the projects that Alison and I have got in our business is how can we improve the workflow because it's, it's cumbersome. And what you're talking about is a really sleek workflow. So you've taken me to heaven, but you've also made me realize that perhaps the last 18 months of systems that I've set up are <laughs> right. So you've also taken me to hell. So, um, but that's it. That's, that's what we need to do, isn't it, Elizabeth? We need to be ready to innovate, don't we? You so don't know that you don't have, you don't know that there's something until you, right? You don't even know you have a problem until you see. Until somebody smacks you in the face with it. Yeah. And goes, wow, well, actually we're doing it this way. And you go, oh, wow. No, but you know what? <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing about it, but productivity and work, workflow, I've really learned workflow is critical because I'm, I'm a bit of a, an analytical person. I like to look at how much things are costing us and how much time is it taking us and, how efficient are we for our clients, etc. Workflow is just, it's so critical, isn't it? I mean, Elizabeth, I don't know whether you get involved in that aspect of, of in the sales and marketing side, or is that when it moves into operations? More of more operations, more. for sure. It's, I mean, there's always workflow. And the question is, where is it most effective to employ it? Dylan, I feel like this this CRM acronym, this tagline is so narrow based on what you've yeah. described, everything that the software does or what you provide. It's, CRM seems so much more to me yeah, than just exactly. three letters. Really? It's the foundation of every modern business. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And let's before, so we've got about three minutes left and I, it's tantalising because I know I've got millions of people listening in wanting to transform their businesses there's this last one which i'm really curious about support in our own little way we get support messages on whatsapp we get it through slack we get it on email we get it through even linkedin some of our clients will contact us right and you're saying that you can create a, a funnel that goes through to support that comes in from lots of places are you that's correct well tell me more because this is also to heaven and hell <laughs> it depends on how sophisticated you want to get um, and if let's say you wanted to go all the way um, you can do what they call omni-channel service management and that allows you to have listeners on the different social platforms um, and to have different communication channels and they will all come into a central single location. At that point, people, if they prefer to use Facebook or if they, you know, get on your website and they say your system sucks and we hate you, uh, you can get an alert. The system can read the words, understand the semantic meaning and go, okay, we have an unhappy customer. It can create a case. It can automatically route it to a rescue team who can then proactively go after that unhappy customer because we know bad news travels faster than good news. Um, so the, the answer is you can have bi-directional communication through omni-channels in the case of if you want to provide support. Amazing. 
are really amazing because actually I often tell a story, I'll try and say it in 60 seconds, about Thomas, about, God, it must be 10 years ago, went out to a retail park, a car retail park, to buy a car for our son. And he, his only criteria, he had a few safety criteria, but his key criteria is, will you communicate with me on WhatsApp to do this deal? He, did, he was traveling all over the world. He didn't want to. And the only people that got it were, was Volkswagen and therefore they got the deal. And it, the thing is, we are all so pressurized that we all have our favorite place. We all have our favorite communication channel. And it's up to us as the client to adapt to us as a supplier to adapt to the clients, isn't it? And let them communicate where they most want to. No matter how much we can try and train them to not send a support query through LinkedIn, um, it's up to them. It is up to them. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well, this has been an amazing show. I have to say, anybody listening to this, and last week, Josh Bevis, we ended up buying cybersecurity from him <laughs> because he terrified us. And it looks like this week we're going to be buying Salesforce and improving our workflow. So whether any of our listeners are getting any value, Thomas and I certainly are. Well, I have something for the listeners. And uh, that is, if you are listening to this podcast, every new customer to Dylan Gray Consulting, whether you're a biffer or not, you get two free hours of anything we do. Amazing. See what value we can bring. If you are a biffer, you get $5,000 worth of free consulting for the first 10 biffers, five grand's worth free consulting. That's amazing. Am I included? Am I a biffer or am I not? Yes, you are are the biggest biffer. I'm the biggest biffer. Green biff of Bifferland. Dylan, Elizabeth, first of all, I I cannot tell you how grateful we all are for you being here as a case study. And um, thank thank you so much for the, that you just gave a whole sort of context to this subject that was so valuable and I really admire what you've done massively so thank you hugely Dylan you're amazing it's just you are amazing Dylan you're such a wonderful communicator as well absolutely such a a wonderful teacher huge insight and I know anybody listening to this will have got lots of value and I know it will be watched again and again by especially by our our BIPers our BIP 100 members so Dylan many thanks tomorrow Dylan is actually create uh, doing a free webinar to our Bit 100 um, clients as well. So we're keeping you busy for two days. So thank you very much, Dylan. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. My pleasure. And thank you very much. Elizabeth, thank you for being a client. Thomas, thank you for finding me. <laughs>